Matthew chapter 16, we're going to continue our series on fighting. We said that in life you have to have courageous conversations. And I gave you a list last time of a list of conversations you need to have if you want your life results to change. Last month we talked about focus, and we talked about the importance of sitting down and saying we need to have a courageous conversation about our focus. There are things in your family that you're not focused on that you need to be, things in your life. This month, we talk about courageous fighting. Now, if you want to see the notes from last, last week, you just simply go on the app. It's so cool. Please download this thing. Click on sermon notes or click on sermons. And all the sermons are there from, from the week prior and uh, the whole series for the year, as a matter of fact. And if you go on the website, it's for, the, it's for years back, for, I think four or five years back. And you can listen to every sermon, all that for free. It's really cool. But what I said to you last month, last week was, the, there's, there's a value in you having clarity about the importance of these conversations you need to have. Throughout the year, we've talked about money conversations. We've talked about um, the importance of having priority conversations. Conversations about things in your life that you know if you really deal with these areas, your life will be better. And one of the things that's, that you need to talk about is the need to learn how to fight sometimes. It is absolutely necessary in life, once you decide to focus on something, which is what we talked about last month, that you have to decide that now that I'm focused, there's going to be a fight. Once you focus on your health and you say, I'm going to focus on that, I promise you, schedule problems will come up. I promise you. Things will get in the way. Once you focus on your money, something will come up, a bill you didn't expect, an unexpected issue, your car will break down, something will happen. The question is, can you stay focused and can you fight through those moments? When it's cold and you don't want to go outside and walk because it's cold, can you walk around your house? Can you focus your attention? Go to the mall. Can you make a, I'm, I am committed to this. I'm not stopping. I know I have to drive another block to get some healthy food. But I'm going to fight the temptation to whip in here real fast and get something that works against all my goals. I am not going to eat that today. I am not. I like it. It's wonderful. But I had it yesterday. I am fighting off this temptation. I was in a place the other day, and I was just looking at this dessert. And I'm not against dessert. You can have a dessert. Nothing wrong with that. Matter of fact, what gets you in trouble is trying to cut out everything. Then you'd be crazy. Just eat something and be happy. Just, just don't overdo it. So I was in a place, and I was looking at this dessert, and, I looked, and the lady was trying to talk to me. And she don't know. I was lusting after the dessert. And I, thought, I said, ma'am, I would like. I said, no, I wouldn't like. Yes, I would. And I know I wouldn't. But I knew, I said, no, Temple, you, and I was telling him, you don't need, you have, you're fine. You, you've had enough. There's a fight involved, fighting off yourself. You don't need to call that person. Every time you call that person, A, B, C happens. So you don't need to call them because A, B, and C is not God's will for your life. And so you need to feel free to tell yourself. Sometimes you have to get in the mirror and fight yourself. And so in this sermon today, that's what we're talking about. Repeat it with me, please. Say, courageously, courageously. Fighting, fighting yourself. yourself. Matthew 16, 21 is the text that I think is profound because in this text, he warns them, you have to be willing to fight yourself. Now, if you look at what I, what I said to you uh, uh, last week would be the big question. The big question for the week, this day, today rather, is what will you deny yourself to accomplish your goals? What in your life will you say no to? Will you look in the mirror and say to yourself, I cannot, will not, and must not do that? 
Jesus courageously lays out a plan that Peter struggled with. This whole idea of self-sacrifice for Peter was hard. He wanted God's blessing. He wanted God's prosperity in his life. But, but to accomplish that goal, he had to be willing and the disciples had to be willing to courageously face certain changes, certain things they couldn't do. And so there's this dialogue in Matthew 16 that goes like this. From that time, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed. That's, that's, that's a deep statement. And be raised the third day. And then Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, Far be it from you, Lord, you shall not, this shall not happen to you. But he turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are an offense to me, for you are not mindful of the things of God, but the things of men. And I talked about that last week. And now Peter just, Peter's issue is I, I don't like the struggle stuff. I want, I want certain things to happen in my life, but I'm not willing to deny myself that much. You're talking about suffering and dying. That's why I draw the line on suffering and dying. I want to go to college, but I draw the line on studying and homework. If you're not careful, you draw lines in play. I want a great marriage, but I want it to be difficult. It's got to always be easy. Jesus mentioned something here that shows where their line was. And so he teaches them a great lesson. He lays out the price tag for them and says in Matthew 16, verse 24, Jesus says to his disciples, if anyone, whoever it is, Pastor Rick, you, your mama, your cousin, anybody desires to come after me, here's what they have to do. Number one, do what? Deny himself. That's where it starts. That's what we're talking about today. Number two, we'll talk about this next week, take up your cross. And number three, follow me. Three things are important. You must deny yourself, you must take up your cross, and you must be willing to follow. So what will you deny yourself to win your fight? That's the question for today. What are you willing to give up? Are, are, you, are you really clear that it's just not going to be given to you? This idea that you can pray a prayer and that God is a God who answers prayer. Let me help you. There are some prayers that are unanswerable in your life. In your current behaviors and choices, there's no way that certain prayers will be answered. Churches are going through it. Churches are praying for growth, but they will not do all that it takes to grow. They have one way. Everybody got to be in the building all the time. Sorry, the world has changed. Embrace the change. Their incomes are going down because people can't give you cash. Nobody can't. They don't carry cash. They don't have to, the church, churches are asking for God to prosper them and do things. It's impossible. You don't, you, you don't understand the society you're living in. You don't understand the generation that's coming up. You don't like young people. <coughs> they irritate you. You want them to come and sit down and listen to a long lecture. Your sermons are too long. I promise I'll finish in a few minutes. People can't concentrate that long. Not in this culture. You're running to too many places. They're confused. They can't follow you. They get frustrated. That's why they don't come. Your dress code's too tight. You got to dress up too much. They don't, they don't have that many suits. And so you're frustrated because you're not paying attention, and so you're not willing to change anything. You don't want to deny yourself anything. You want your kids to be a certain way, but you won't grow as a parent. Really? You can't evolve. You want to be a certain kind of wife. You want a certain kind of husband, but you won't evolve. I've known Diner 20s, <clears throat> 30s, 40s, 50s, and now 60s. 20s, 
30s, 40s, 50s, now 60s. That's a lot of generations, a lot of decades. I've known her a lot of decades, and now she's not the same person as she was in her 20s. can't expect that. She's not the same person she was in her 30s, 40s, 50s. She's different in her 60s. Can I evolve, deny myself certain things, change, grow? You want your job. You want God to bless you in your job, but you won't grow with your job. I don't do email. Okay, dinosaur, that's nice to hear. (laughs) I apologize for calling you a name, but get the point. That's absolutely, you don't want to say that. You want everything to stay the same. It's not the same. No more horse and buggies, I apologize, unless you're doing a little tour downtown. But you can't drive that down Applecorn. You can't drive it to work. You can't get on a horse and gallop to work anymore. I struggle sometimes with change, like everybody does. But the question is, am I willing to, to fight me? And that's my biggest fight. It's not your boss. It's not anybody outside of you. It is you. That's the first thing he mentions to Peter. After Peter has this tantrum about him saying he's going to die, Peter, first of all, stop yourself. Deny yourself. Then he goes on and says this. And and I want to show you, and I didn't get you the verse. I'm sorry, and you know it's Matthew 26. Write that right there. I apologize. Matthew 26 is where we are. And and I want to show you four things that that self-denial can bring into your life. And Matthew 26 gives this incredible, I mean, just really, 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 really incredible example of it. I, I was trying to find one place that just showed you everything. And in and, and Gethsemane, Jesus models self-denial. And there are four things I want you to notice about it. And these four things come with self-denial. Number one, everybody say isolation. isolation. Say sorrow. Sorrow. Confusion, confusion, and emotional exhaustion. Those four things come with self-denial. If you're going to deny yourself, you will experience all four of these strong emotions, these four seasons in your life. And, and the more you press forward to denying yourself, the more you're going to feel these pressures. Look what Jesus said. This is in Matthew chapter 26, verse 36. Then Jesus came with them to a place called Gethsemane. And he said to the disciples, sit here, and I will go, watch this now, and pray over there. I'm going to isolate myself. And he's at a point about to face death, about to face the cross, and I want you to notice the first thing you notice in in this great moment, this great place, this great, I've I've been there before. It's it's, it's an amazing moment to stand there and and think, I'm in in the place where Jesus said, Guys, you wait here. I'm going to go over there by myself. That, my friend, is the painful side of self-denial. There is a benefit side I'll talk about in a minute, but there's a painful side of it, and it's called I'm alone. Isolation is part of it. There's nobody with me. That's right. There's nobody supposed to be because everybody's not invited to the party. Secondly, it causes sorrow. And he took him with Peter, verse 37, and the two sons of Zebedee, and he began to be sorrowful and deeply what? Distressed. Then he said to them, my soul is exceedingly what? Sorrowful, even to what? Death. Stay here with me. Stay, stay here and watch with me. I don't think we have a theology for sorrow or grief. 
As a matter of fact, in, in doing funerals for years, one of my, my strong efforts was to stop people from grieving and, and to find a way. And I still think you should not make it harder for people. I, I think sermons, doing funerals are too long and, and they're everywhere and you're just too, too much for people. Gravesides, I've been to a graveside that was 30, 45 minutes, almost an hour. I thought, are you tired yet? Put the person in the ground. You're putting us in there with you. It was, it was too long. And I, I, and I understand that it, and that gets into the whole thing of what the preacher's trying to do in the moment because he's maybe sometimes he hasn't had a crowd that big or maybe he's lost and he's afraid. I don't know. You, you, there's a lot of reasons that people talk too long. But there's, there's this moment of accepting that it's okay to be sorrowful. I had to come to that place. It's okay. It, it, Jesus was sorrowful. There's some things that make you sad, and they should. Mass shootings should make you sad. The fires in California should make you sad. People died in their cars. They couldn't. They, they waited too long to get out. They didn't have enough notice. And, and I've been in those areas. I, you know, it, it's 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 wooded. It's, it's and they were trying to get out and they got trapped in their cars and died. Sorrowful. I like the fact that Jesus has a theology that accepts isolation and sorrow. You need to learn how to be a sorrowful person and survive it. It's okay. And this third one is even more difficult for some people, confusion. Listen to how he sounds. Self-denial can cause confusion. You're like, verse 39, he went a little farther, fell on his face, and he prayed. Listen to this prayer. Oh, my father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but let your will be done. Not me. Not, 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 not my will. It's not my will. I'm, I'm, I, in that moment, there's this powerful prayer he prayed in another text that says, My God, my God, why is thou forsaken? There are strong seasons of your life when you will be confused. There are moments when you feel isolated, sorrowful, and confused. That is, my friend, the painful side of denial. No way you're going to take classes in college and not be confused. I apologize. I wish it was simple. You understood every single thing. No, I'm sorry. You'll misunderstand assignments. You'll get a paper wrong. That's part of the process. Confusion. I don't know what's going on in this marriage. Well, welcome to the land. It's confusing. Raising kids is confusing. Working on a job is confusing. Managing money is confusing. Putting budgets together. Making sure you don't under overspend. Underestimating. It's all part of it. Leadership is confusing. Hiring wrong people. Done that before you ever did it? It's, it's, it's confusing. I put the wrong person in the wrong slot. And that's my fault. Confusing. Understanding. I think Jack Welch said he did it 60% of the time. I mean, you just, you just don't always get it right. It takes you years to mature as a boss, as a leader. And understanding that's part of it. And Jesus faced it. But it also leads to emotional exhaustion. Look at verse 40. He, he came to his disciples and found them sleeping and said to Peter, listen to this conversation. What could you not watch with me for one hour? Watch and pray, verse 41. At least you enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing. Say that with me, please. Come on. The spirit indeed is willing, but the what? 
flesh is weak. He like, he not, and again, the second time he went away and prayed, saying, Oh, my father, if this cup cannot pass away, if this cup cannot pass away from me unless I drink it, you will, you, your will be done. And he came and found them asleep again, for the, their eyes were heavy. Their eyes were heavy, so he, he left them and went away again and prayed the third time, saying the same words. Then he came to his disciples and said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? Behold, the hour is at hand. The Son of Man is being betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us go. be going. My betrayer is at hand. This is, this is awful. They're tired. He's tired. Everybody's, it's, it's a lot of emotion. I wish I could tell you the self-denial did not have this in it. And a lot of Christian music, songs, a lot of life, you, you know, you're told, oh, just sing to Jesus and you all, you'll never be tired and talk to God and you'll never have a moment of loneliness and talk to God and you'll, no, I'm sorry, I apologize. That's just not true. And if you listen to Christian music, you can tell it's not true. There's a lot of sorrow in there. There's a lot of, oh, God, help me, oh, God. And it's true. That's how it is. That's the, that's the part of what self-denial requires. That's why when you walk across the stage, you smile because you made it. This wasn't free. There's something about embracing that. Watching that child go down the aisle, thank God, get married, go to somebody else, hallelujah, you're happy. Thank God. Yes, son, God bless you now. It's your turn. <laughs> Some mamas are glad to see that boy get a wife. Get a wife. Get a wife. That, my friend, is true. But you can take all four of these things I just mentioned and flip them. Let me show you the four benefit sides of self-denial. You ready? The first one I've already talked about, isolation. Sometimes that's often the soil that grows blessing and opportunity. Success demands it. Everything you do now that pays you money, I guarantee you developed it in isolation. You had to develop those talents and skills in the silence and privacy of your own life. There's something about you learning to deal with you. Everything you see me do was grown in isolation. Every sermon, every word, every pr- all of it was developed. God, is, God, God wants me to see the benefit side of this. Secondly, sorrow is often the place where you learn the lessons that will change your life. You don't learn a whole lot on vacation. On vacation, you just go, ooh, look at that. Oh, but in the hot moments of your life, you get fired off a job, you lose your house, something happens to you that's tragic, you change. Sorrow can change you forever. You will never date a person like that again in your life. I promise you, you'll sing them sad love songs, but when it's over, you will never. The next time one come like that to you, you'll say, excuse me, I'm so sorry. Keep stepping. <laughs> I've been here before, done this dance before. Thirdly, sometimes confusion is often the place where you learn humility and how to trust others. You, you need to be confused. <clears throat> Why do you have to know everything? I'm confused. Good. Now we're learning. There are moments people ask me questions, and I don't know the answer. I'm confused, too, right there. I pray, Jesus, tell me. I don't know what to tell them. And in that moment, you learn something happens to you. You grow in confusion. 
We change, we evolve. Number four, exhaustion. That's the red flag that can save your life if you pay attention. You need to be tired of something. Tired and physically exhausted. It's when you walk up those stairs and you can't breathe, you go, well, you know, I need to do something about this. Your legs are talking to you. Do you say, look how tired we are. Hearts are beating. All right, brain, talk to them. There's something about you coming to those exhausting moments. You need to be exhausted. Because some things in your life should change. There are four things that I've noticed that people have trouble denying themselves. And this is just from my experience. You can talk about fighting yourself and denying yourself, but these are the five areas that I've seen people struggle with. Repeat them with me, please. Say companionship. Criticism, complacency, bondage, and fatigue. Now listen to me. Some people have trouble being alone. We talked about that again earlier. I don't need to make it my life goal to always have a companion. (laughs) Sometimes for you to achieve the next level of opportunity, you have to deny yourself that for a season. You have to say, if anybody, if I'm going to follow Christ at this season, I, I can't take anybody with me. You have to deny yourself companionship. I see people sometimes at seasons of their life, and I say, you need to stop trying to find somebody. You need to find yourself. Stop making that the topic of your, your, your favorite topic. Secondly, you have to deny yourself the temptation to always be critical. They have trouble being positive, so they don't deny themselves what I call the spirit of criticism. Have you noticed some people when you deal with them, they always start with the criticism? Try this. For seven days, criticize nothing. Fast criticism. Don't criticize yourself, your husband, your children, your boss, your job, your community, nothing. Here's a hard one, not even politics. Fast, okay, some of you, okay, one day for that, just one day. Just one day. Can you take a day off? Just one day. No, I've done that recently. I said, I refuse. I refuse to say anything, get involved, because I'm getting dragged. I'm getting dragged into this mud of criticism every day. And, and that, that just weighs you down. I have to say, I'm going to deny myself the worrying about companionship or and then whatever that means. And even in your marriage, you know, she needs to do this and she needs to be more responsive and I'll stop all that. Today, I hear about denying myself the right to worry about that. It's just about me today. I'm not going to worry about who's right and who's wrong. Also, some people have trouble staying productive. They have a spirit of complacency. And, and I put the word complacency down at the bottom for you. I gave you a little definition for it because I thought it was so cool. The complacency is a feeling of contentment or self-satisfaction, often combined with a lack of awareness of pending trouble. I love that. They're not aware of pending trouble or controversy. An example of complacency is this is the type of attitude a long-time leader may have. I am amazed at how many people I I talk to, and somehow, in my opinion, I think they're complacent. And I think they need to deny themselves that. It's like a drug for them. See, these are things you could, these are like like drugs people like. 
They like to always talk about companionship. Every, they take the companionship pill every day, and that's all they talk about. They, talk, they take the, you know, the pill of criticism every day, and all they, all they do is talk about what they don't like. They, every day, they, they, they basically just kind of coast. There's no passion and fire for advancement and productivity. They've just kind of gotten into this place. They like bondages. They have trouble staying away from, from, from bad habits. It's just a part of who they are. If you are with them long, you see it. And they loop you into it. And they're always tired. How about saying, okay, I'm going to deny myself the right to be tired. I'm going to deny myself to live in a bad habit. I'm not going to do whatever this bad habit is for a day. I'm going to deny myself this complacent, laid back. I'm going to, for one day, be on fire for life. One day. No criticism. One day. Maybe, maybe you, you know, when you hear this deny yourself thing, you think in terms that, you know, don't, don't cuss. Don't, don't, no, okay, it's more than that. It's, 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 if I could just for one day, and I've talked to people, I, I, I talked to somebody the other day, I said, I want you to, when you talk to me, I want you to, in the rest of this conversation, don't mention anybody else's name to me. I want you to just talk about you. But they did They couldn't do it. They couldn't go a paragraph without telling their story. Some of you, every time you meet somebody, you're talking about your rotten husband who you were married to for 10 years. How about denying yourself that right? How about saying, I'm not going to criticize this job. You're going to shock everybody you work with. I am not saying anything negative about this place that pays me a paycheck for 30 days. They may not know you. They may, they may check your eyes and see if you're an alien. <laughs> if I can just for, for a little bit, if I want to follow Jesus, the first thing he says is, you are going to have to deny yourself some things. You are going to have to deny yourself. A guy who asked me about ministry was talking about the other day. He says, Pastor, how in the world do you um, live free morally, sexually? How do, you, how do you do that? And I said, well, I want to follow Jesus. And he said, if I want to follow him, there's some things you have to say no to yourself. Because if you don't, you can't be trusted. I'm going to be real clear. You can't be trusted. And if you can't be trusted, you can't follow. If any man he wants to follow me, let him deny himself. If you can't say no to you, you can't follow. If you ever have to fire somebody, it's really amazing. You know, if you've ever had to, you know, in somebody's employment, um, kind of goes like this. Listen, I appreciate your effort. I know you've tried really hard, but this isn't working out for these reasons. I'm very specific. One, two, and three. And so for that reason, we need to, we need to, we need to close this out, and we need to end this relationship. 
an employment relationship. And it's hard if they're a member of your church. It's hard if they were, you know, somebody you love, somebody you like. That's why I tell you, don't hire anybody you won't fire. That's my rule. If you won't fire them, don't hire them, including my wife, including all. And they'll tell you, I mean it with all my heart. Ask my kids. I ain't lying. I ain't making it up. You kidding me? They'll be hell to pay. Well, sometimes you got to pay hell. It's all right. You know, just, I'm sorry. Excuse me. I hope I didn't cuss for you. But, but, no, I mean that. Ask them. They'll tell you. I ain't kidding. I ain't joking. I don't threaten people. I really mean what I say. And I think there's something about understanding that if I don't have that kind of conviction, then we won't be efficient. We won't be effective. And it gets to be unmanageable at some point. I have to deny myself sometimes peace. I have to draw lines that are not fun. You're asking God to do something you're not willing to do. Change your life. You're asking God to give you something you're not willing to give. I told this person, I said, you want God to use you but you're not willing to deny yourself. So you're saying, I can't be trusted. I'm not Superman. I just know what I want. I know what I don't want. And it's not just, I don't, it's not about shaming you or shaming my daughter. Shaming me. If you don't start, de- start denying yourself, look at me. You're going to shame you. There are people you know who would never stop. And now they've shamed themselves. And it's hard. It's hard to watch. If you want to follow me, Peter, I, I, I just want you to be clear, sir. There is some challenges involved in following me. And there's some sorrow involved in following me. And there's some isolating moments involved in following me. There's some crosses involved in following me. But if you want to follow me, I'm not going to force you. That's why I don't bother you. You know, if you, you see me, you ever notice, I never, if you don't come to church, I never say anything. It really confuses people because they'll say, uh, I've been missing church. I say, okay. <laughs> they think I'm going to say, well, you better come to the house of God or else. No, no. Because I know why you didn't come because you didn't want to. <laughs> it's okay. I mean, why would I bother you? You're leaving the church. People are really surprised. I'm leaving. Pastor Rick, I said, where are you going? Wow, it's a good church. You have to have fun. All right. God bless. High five. Aren't you going to, like, try to convince me to stay? Why would I do that? You don't want to be here. You want to go someplace else? Why, why, am I, why would I do that? I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not trying to say that I don't care. I do care. And please come back next week. But, I, <laughs> but I'm not saying that I don't care. I'm simply saying, is it, it, if you've been with me for 10 years, wow, well, this other guy hadn't gotten, girl hadn't gotten 10 years. I mean, let me, leave, let me leave you alone. Let me not create that environment. It doesn't work. So if you want to follow me, pick up your cross, be willing to deny yourself, and I close with this.
Carry your cross. Carry your cross. Pick up a challenge. Pick up a responsibility that may not even be unfit, that may not even be fair. Now, next week when I talk about this, you're going to be surprised because one thing I'm going to say is the cross was unfair. There was nothing fair about the cross. Here's what he's saying. I want you to think about this. If you want to follow me, deny yourself and pick up unfair responsibilities. I want you to, I want you to, I want you to carry something that's not your fault. We love to say that. Not my fault. Yeah, I know, but carry it anyway. I didn't drop that on the floor. Pick it up. I had absolutely nothing to do. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. There are moments when Jesus will call you to something. I was someplace, and I'll close this story. I was someplace, and some Christians were having really, really, it was a Christian event, and I've told this before, and we're up in like a balcony area, and, and this woman had a baby, and the baby got sick, and this barked all up and down the hallway. It was horrible. It's horrible. And she was trying to get out, you know, and it just didn't make it. And it's just is a mess. And Christian's on the left side, Christian's on the right side. It's a big Christian event, right? And and nobody got up to help the woman, number one. Number two, it was starting to smell. And I was like, okay, this is not working. So I I, I got up and said, well, let me just go and get, you know, get the person who's like over the the, uh, maintenance or something, and so I found one. They had one maintenance person at this event on duty at the time, and she was in the bathroom, and the baby had messed up the whole bathroom. And, and I remember she this is amazing moment. She, I said, "Mama, this this it really is a pretty big mess up here, and, and you need you need to maybe come clean it up. It's on the aisle upstairs." And she looked at me with this pitiful look, and she pulled some towels, and she said, "Is <laughs> 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 he giving it to me?" <laughs> I don't work here. I don't know what what's this about. Like, <laughs> you, you want me? Oh, please. No, I came to worship God. I came to I came to be ministered to. Hallelujah. I did not come to serve today. This wasn't maintenance wasn't a part of my plan. <laughs> Amen. As I close this off today, let me just say it was a moment. It was a moment. Yeah, it was a moment. So I took the towels, and I went to the floor, and I sat down on that floor, and I wiped up that stuff. And I had to go back and get more. And here's what's really amazing. Christians on the left, Christians on the right, and nobody helped me. Got it all up, but not one person and people knew me. But not one person helped. And then God spoke to me in that moment. It's not your responsibility necessarily, but it is your calling today. It's not your child. It's your husband's child. not your bill. It's not your car. It's not your, I know it's not yours. But sometimes to follow Jesus, he calls you to carry something that's unfair. To carry a burden 
It's not easy. I'll show you more how that works next week. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this word today. I thank you for the call to fight. And to fight with a determination that I'm going to bring me in this objection. I'm willing to fight myself. I'm willing to fight my complacency. I'm willing to fight my tendencies to live in these constant bondages, my tendency to be critical, my tendency, Lord, to make companionship to all in all in my life. I'm going to embrace isolation. I'm going to work against being fatigued. I'm going to be a person who presses past confusion and sorrow, understanding that in those moments you can teach me things. I have to learn how to fight. I have to learn how to be uncomfortable. I have to learn how not to whine and complain when I get hit in the ring, when I'm in a fight with the enemy. I am in a fight. I'm fighting for my future and my life. So, God, I pray you'd raise up passion in my heart. Lift your hands, would you please? Father, we lift our hands to you and declare that you'll make us fighters. Fighters who press past and who love past and who work past and who forgive past, who just refuse people who surrender to grief and sorrow fight past it Jesus won in the end and so will we but we must be people who courageously fight forward with confidence and faith in Jesus name repeat with me please I will not be depressed come on say it like you I will not be depressed I will not let isolation sorrow confusion or exhaustion defeat me I will not be critical, complacent, living in bondage, and exhausted all my life. I will be rested. I will be prosperous, and I will be victorious. In the name of Jesus, amen. And give God a big hand clap. Praise God. Give God a big amen. Praise God. <laughs> I like that. Praise God. Well, Father, I pray if there's anybody here that has never given their lives to Jesus, they realize that after hearing this message, their issue is they've not denied themselves. The greatest sin is not the list of sins that we name. It's the one sin of making yourself God in your life. And I pray that people who are hearing my voice, both here and at home, would say, I don't need to be the God of my life. I need to surrender to the God who made me and surrender my life to him. And so, Lord, if there's a person here that doesn't know you as Savior, has never given their lives to you. They've been running their own lives and they've not allowed you to be the Lord. May this be the day they surrender their lives to you. With every head bowed and every eye closed, I'd like you, if you're here and you want to surrender your life to Jesus, you realize that you want to get your life going in the right direction, I want you right now, if you would please, to raise your hand. I want to pray for you where you're sitting because you're saying, God, pray for. I want you to pray for me, Pastor. My life, when I leave out of here, needs to be changed in a new direction. Anybody says, pray for me, Pastor. I need, your, I need your prayers today. I need God's hand on my life. I see a hand. Anybody else? Anybody else raising your hand? Some of you raising your heart. Every hand lifted, please. Father, we lift our hearts to you, our hands, and we surrender to you today, believing that today is the day that our lives will change. We will not be the same. We leave changed. People watching us from home, that they will be changed and touched by the power of God. It starts with a prayer. It starts with an honest admission. Father, I have not been serving you, but today I come and ask you to be the Lord of my life. And I thank you for your forgiveness in Jesus' name. And everybody say amen. All right, God bless you. Thank you for being here today.